And we are off and running. This is Start Your Sunday on KCOU 88.1. We are live here from the KCOU C Stream Studio. We are Start Your Sunday. Start Your Sunday on Spotify. Harrison Vapnik, your host alongside Garrett Pave. Garrett, welcome in. Yeah, thank you, Harrison. A great day of college football yesterday. I think everybody was ready for the SEC to return. And then a great slate of NFL games today. I can't wait to break them down and give you guys some recaps. Yeah, honestly, just an outstanding, yes. outstanding day of college football that we saw yesterday. We think that you are starting your Sunday with us here on KCOU 88.1. Start your Sundays. Let's start with the college game, and we'll get Garrett in here in just a second. So... In life, or even in college football, that everyone or every team has different expectations. And, you know, some have, you know, national championship aspirations. And some, you know, have, let's just get better day by day, week by week, game by game, etc. And we saw that in Alabama, Missouri last night, where Gary and I watched in these exact seats here in our studio when we were doing uh, Tiger pregame live, postgame live, halftime live. Great experience there. The expectations for Alabama, Missouri couldn't be more vast couldn't be any more different alabama is sitting there with national championship aspirations they haven't won a national championship since the 2017 season which feels like an eternity for them even though they have not won three national championship or a national championship in a three-year stretch in the nick saban era since he was hired as the head coach in 2008 and uh, from the other point missouri missouri has hired a new coach to lie drinkwitz and it's it's a completely new era and they they don't have those expectations that alabama has right now and they came out, and they had a poor first half. Alabama led 28-3 at the break, but they only won 38-19. We saw a good second half from Missouri. We had a big recap of it last night on the postgame show with Keegan and Joey, who called the game right here on KCOU 88.1. So, Garrett, I want to hear your thoughts of the expectations of Alabama and Missouri and what you saw last night. Yeah, I think you're spot on. You talk about Alabama um, every year competing for a national championship. This year ranked number two in the country coming into this game. Of course, Mizzou unranked with a new head coach. Um, I thought Mizzou, honestly, the first half was very sloppy. We noticed that, of course, there's some growing pains with having a new coach, having to install a new offense, and also you're, I mean, trying to pick a quarterback. They had two guys they were choosing from last night, Sean Robinson and Connor Basilak. Um, so a lot of growing pains there. But the second half, they came out after down 28-3, to actually outscored the Tide 16-10 to in the second yeah, half. Yeah, and those 10 points both came off of turnovers. Yes, they did. So you got to give credit there. I thought, honestly, well, they might break down real quick, Missouri – their run defense played a really good game last night. They really did. You look at the stats, and you see Najee Harris had 17 carries for yep. 98 yards and three touchdowns. Yes, the three touchdowns all came from the goal line. Yep. His longest run was 18 yards, and 5.8 yards per carry, it's a, it's a good number. You won't see too many stat lines this year where Najee Harris has 98 rushing yards. He's going to be going for 100, 150, close to 200 yards many times throughout the season, and this is going to be one of his lowest totals of the year. Yeah, and I think you look at the one stat, is that the longest run was 18 yards. That is very rare, not only of Najee Harris, but also of an Alabama running back. They are used to breaking off 50, 60-yard runs behind this big, beefy offensive line. Missouri did a really good job of clogging the holes, making life difficult on Najee Harris, which forced a lot of pressure on Mac Jones. Now, Mac Jones performed really Really well in that game, but they did a really good job of almost making it one-dimensional. And I think you know, in future games for Alabama, if they play a really good team that's got a really, really good defense, that might be a problem for them. 
Yep, and they got Texas A&M coming up a week from yesterday. Yep. Mac Jones was 18 of 24, 249 yards, two touchdowns for the Tide. Uh, Jalen Waddle, their top receiver, outstanding game, eight catches, 134 yards, two touchdowns on the right. He had one at the end of the half where he made an outstanding catch in the back of the end zone on third down. Devontae Smith, their other receiver, eight catches, 89 receiving yards. We look at the Missouri stats. Sean Robinson was 19 of 25, 185 yards, a touchdown, no picks. Connor Bazelak came in for one drive in the first half and one drive in the second half, and that second half was the best drive of the day of Missouri. He was 7 of 14, 68 yards, and a rushing touchdown. Missouri's leading receiver was Jalen Knox, five catches, 63 yards. Garrett, any quarterback change coming? You know, it's hard to tell right now, especially playing a Tennessee team next week that does have a really good defense. I'm watching a little bit against South Carolina. Uh, I think what we saw, though, is that Connor Bazelak seems more comfortable in the offense that Drinkwitz is running right now. Sean Robinson is, of course, the more mobile option. We talked about that yesterday. He can kind of move around the pocket, get outside, you know, scramble. But he just didn't look as comfortable. Didn't really know when to throw the ball away. Kind of had poor decision-making. Connor Bazelak stayed in the pocket, would step up, make good, solid throws. He was confident. And then when he had the chance to run, he would. He didn't force anything. So if I'm Drinkwitz, I'm going to study this tape a lot. I'm going to look at not the stats. Like, you can't look at Robinson and go, well, he had the better stats, so we're going to start him next game. That's just It's not fair because Bazelak played in two drives. You're going to look at who played the best, who made the best decisions, and who looks more comfortable and who's going to be able to win you a football game. No, I agree. I think... I think we should see both quarterbacks uh, next Saturday against Tennessee. What about the Alabama perspective? They played a pretty good game. They kind of mailed in in the second half. You think Nick Saban's a little upset about how his team's effort was in the second half? Oh, I know he is. We were actually on ESPN before we came on the show today, and um, Nick Saban said he was displeased with his effort and the execution in the second half by not only his offense but also his defense. That's just how Saban is. You, Saban could win 63 nothing, and I promise you He'll find something to yes, complain he's going to find something he doesn't like. But I think that being said, they didn't perform well in the second half. Now, of course, they might not let their foot off the gas, but that's not on Saban. I mean, Saban is going to push them to play 100% till the final whistle, and the player said, you know that he's going to chew them out a little bit. You know he's just pleased, and you got to give credit to Missouri. They made life difficult in the second half, and they executed really well. Yep, and they forced a turnover there. That was yes, when Bryce exactly. Young came into the game, and Nick Bolton got a fumble recovery. I really like the energy on the sideline yep. after that. I think the culture is changing. I know it it's Alabama. You couldn't expect them to win. They did cover the spread by 10 points, yep. but you know you don't get wins for that. Let's move on to another match in the SEC. Another Tigers who had a shocking result. The defending national champion, the LSU Tigers despite losing what feels like every starter from last year's championship team upset at home by Mike Leach in his Mississippi State debut and the Bulldogs took down the 6th ranked Tigers 44-34 and it was KJ Costello, the transfer from Stanford who Mike Leach had seen play in the Pac-12 was 36 of 60, an SEC record 623 passing yards, the 11th most touchdowns, 11th most yards, I should say, in the history of the SEC. Five touchdowns, two picks, a QBR of 83.1. They had three receivers, have more than 120 yards. Osirius Mitchell, Keelan Hill, Javante Payton, Garrett, Mississippi State. Does this air raid work in the SEC? I'll tell you, it's crazy. When uh, they hired Mike Leach, everybody kind of thought, oh, interesting. You're pulling a Pac-12 coach who runs more of a West Coast air raid offense into the SEC. But, boy, did they make a statement. Let me go ahead and say about LSU, too. Derek Stingley, the star sophomore cornerback, was out yesterday, which officially made no returning starters for this LSU team. They had no returning starters at all. So, of course, a lot of growing pains come with that. But they got too much talent for, to let that happen. I mean, 623 yards through the air, it's an SEC record. Um, K.J. Costello, though, he looked confident. He looked poised. You could tell Mike Leach has been working with him. 
I think this offense is going to work. I think especially in the SEC now, it's just getting to shift more from a defensive conference. Now you're seeing more points being scored. We'll talk about it later, but Florida put up 51 points. You're seeing yep. more offense in the SEC. I like this air raid attack, and I think it will work going forward. And we talk about the high school in the SEC. LSU and Alabama were two of the highest scoring teams in the conference last year in their defenses. The LSU defense was fine. Alabama's had one of their worst defenses despite still being in the top 20 in the nation. Is it too early to say that Mississippi State could be a contender in the SEC? Or is it like kind of a knee-jerk reaction against an inexperienced LSU team where the quarterback, Miles Brennan, was making his first career start? Yeah, I think it's a little too early if I'm being totally honest with you. I think you look at you know 22 new starters for this team. Also, if you look at the statistics, LSU's rushing attack, it was – it was non-existent. It really was. They had no rushing, rushing attack that was going to be a threat to Mississippi State at all. And what that does is now you're putting pressure on a guy like Miles Brennan, who's never started in a college game before. You're forcing him to throw the ball 46 times. That's just not going to work out that well, especially inexperienced. He's played under Burrow, which is good. He's got he's you know been groomed by Burrow, but he just doesn't have that in-game experience. Like I said, I think it's a little too early. I think LSU's very inexperienced, and there's growing pains with that. I think Mississippi State took advantage of that for sure. I'm not saying they're not a good team. I think they are going to be good going down the stretch. Mike Leach is a great coach. He knows how to coach great offenses. I just think right now it's too early to say they're going to be a threat in the West. What do you think this means for possibly LSU playoff chances? Is it just done at this point, or can can they make some kind of turnaround? They'd have to make an incredible turn. I mean, they'd have to be. They have chances, right? They're yeah. playing Alabama. They play Texas A&M. They play Auburn. They play big teams down the stretch. So, of course, there's always a chance. But this was this was a big loss for them, especially mm-hmm. opening week and getting up 623 yards. Like, and they were at, they were at home also. And yeah, they, they were. They only had three quarters all of last year. They were scoreless. They hit their first quarter of the season was a scoreless one. They did have 14, 10, and 10 in the second half, but it was just not. No. Not close to what Mississippi State was putting up offensively. Nope. A great game, the SEC. Let's talk about another huge upset we saw. Kansas State marched into Norman and took down the Oklahoma Sooners 38-35. A shocking loss in the beginning of the new era of the Oklahoma with the Spencer Rattler era. Garrett, what you see in this game? This was probably the best game I saw yesterday. Yeah, I saw a lot of good from Kansas State and a lot of bad from Oklahoma. Uh, Spencer Rattler... 30 for 41, 387 yards, four touchdowns, but three interceptions. It's very clear when you watch those highlights that he's still a redshirt freshman. Some of the throws he's making, it not confident, uh, throwing off his back foot. Just not passes that Lincoln Riley wants to see. And I think Kansas State, though, did a really good job. Kansas State, they got down early in this game. And they were in a really bad position. It looked like Oklahoma was going to take over. They stayed persistent, and they just kept churning it out. I really liked what I saw from Chris Kleiman's team. I think going forward, if they can just continue to improve seven or eight wins this year, it's going to be a good season. I just don't like what I'm seeing offensively and defensively from the Sooners right now. Of course, defensively, they're having the same struggles they had last year. Right now, offensively, they're relying on Rattler to throw 41 times, which is fine, but there's no credible running attack. You look at guys in the past like Trey Sermon, Kennedy Brooks, who can make big plays. They don't have that right now. And so they're relying on a redshirt freshman who does not have much experience. they got to figure this out. I think this loss defeats their playoff chances. They may, if everything falls the way it should, we've seen like that before. it was before. last year. Exactly. We've seen that before with Oklahoma. But this is a big loss. It's going to sting. And there was a point in the game where it's not like Oklahoma – was you know it was a shootout the whole way it when Oklahoma took a 35-14 lead in the third quarter they had a 98.8 percent chance to win that game yep. ESPN uh, percentage said and one more thing to add on to that one more thing I'm going to mention a name to you and you guys need to keep an eye out for this guy 
Deuce Vaughn is the running back for Kansas State. He is five foot five, 165 pounds. Only ran the ball eight times, 45 yards, and a touchdown. But in the receiving game, he was their leading receiver. Four receptions, 129 yards. This guy's a player. He actually scored the touchdown that took the lead on Oklahoma, or actually uh, tied Oklahoma. He is a phenomenal player. You cannot count him out. He's small, but he's very— Like, like Deion Lewis. Yes, he guy. is. He's very quick. He's very shifty. Clyde he makes Edward plays. Be able to be yes, exactly. Very physical. Um he torched this Oklahoma defense. Look for him going through the season for someone that Skylar Thompson can look to. And this is my theory in the game. I talked to Garrett about last night. So this is Lincoln Riley's fourth year as the head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners. In his previous three years, he's had not only just great quarterbacks with Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, both on the Heisman, and Jalen Hurts, who was also a Heisman finalist, but they were all veterans when Riley took over. It wasn't like Baker Mayfield's freshman year or Kyler's freshman year. These guys all had experience, even though when they came from another school, they had played in games before. They had known what it's like to take big snaps. Last night, or pardon me, yesterday afternoon was the first time that Lincoln Riley coached a game where he had an inexperienced quarterback. And Spencer Rattler making his second career start. We don't really count the start against Missouri State, where we thought Oklahoma's defense looked good, but you think every defense looked good against uh, Missouri State. We saw Rattler's inexperience last night. I think that was the key factor. Even though the numbers look great on paper, 387 yards, four touchdowns, he also threw three picks, and they were bad picks, and he was taking bad sacks, and he wasn't throwing the ball away. He was trying yeah. to make these plays that guys like Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield and Jalen Hurts, they wouldn't make because they're they are smart quarterbacks. And last night, was the fir- yesterday was the first time that we saw a Lincoln-Riley offense. You know, we saw quarterback panic, and, you know, it's just, I, th- I do think Oklahoma will get better. I think – I don't want to say they could run the table – but, you know, the Big 12 is obviously a weak conference, but we see upsets all over the place. We'll talk about another upset, a near upset in the Big 12 in a minute. Garrett, what do you think about that? Well, one more thing I want to mention about Spencer Radler. He's got to become more comfortable in his legs. Last night, eight carries for negative five yards. This guy was a player in high school that made a lot of good plays on the ground. And right now, he just doesn't seem confident in that. There were a few times yesterday in the game down the stretch where he had a chance to take a 12-yard run and get a first down. But instead, he kind of backed away and was looking for the deep pass. He needs to settle down and take what he can get because a lot of times a good quarterback will take what he can get. You don't need the deep shot every single play. And especially in a game where you're you know, 38, 35 coming on the stretch, you just need those quick passes, first downs, get down the field. He needs to settle it, and he has to be able – if Oklahoma is going to win games down the stretch – He's got to be able to use his legs because it's a weapon. He's just not using him right now. Yeah, but I wouldn't count out Oklahoma in the playoff contention like you are. Let's talk about another game we saw a lot of deep balls in. Texas Longhorns against the Texas Tech Red Raiders, the number eight team, Texas. They were down 16 with about two minutes to play. We were sitting in here. We had on the big screen, obviously, the 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 Missouri-Alabama game. And on my laptop, we were watching LSU versus Mississippi State. And, you know, they scored the score update. On the bottom screen, it was said Texas Tech 56, Texas 40 with two minutes ago. And we're thinking, oh, my God, another huge upset in the Big 12. The Big 12's playoff contenders are out. And it was maybe two minutes later that they showed the bottom score. Texas had tied the game. Just an unbelievable finish. Sam Ellinger, only 262 yards, but efficient. Five touchdowns, one pick. They were able to run the ball pretty well. Keontae Ingram, 12 carries, 89 yards. Carrot. The Texas just keep the Big 12 playoff hopes alive yet last night in that comeback against Texas Tech? They just barely kept it alive. That was <clears throat> not a great game for them overall. Of course, we know Texas Tech coming off a very narrow 35-31 victory over Houston Baptist, a team that does not get much national attention or any at all. 
but I loved <clears throat> the way Sam Ellinger played that sign. I really did. I know we only had 262 yards passing, but you look at those five touchdowns, only one interception. And also, we just talked about Spencer Rattler not using his legs. Sam Ellinger is very, very good at using his legs. Last night he had 16 carries, 69 yards, and a touchdown his longest run was 24 yards. That is something that Sam Ellinger brings to the table for this Texas Longhorn team. I think if they continue to win, if they can if they can finally beat out Oklahoma in the regular season, I know they did a few years back, but they ended up losing in the Big 12 championship to the Sooners. If they can knock off Oklahoma this year, get to the Big 12 championship, maybe even win that game, you're looking at maybe Texas sliding in, but they have to win out, and they have to improve not only offensively a little bit, but also defensively. I mean, 56 points, no doubt this is a good Texas Tech team led by quarterback Alan Bowman, who threw for 325 yards, five touchdowns, but they're going to have to improve defensively if they want to win games down the stretch, especially against a team like Oklahoma or Oklahoma State. So that's something they got to do better. Yep, and they'll have a chance to improve defensively the next week when they take on TCU, and then the week after that, it's a Red River showdown when they will take on the Oklahoma Sooners, followed by they're playing Baylor. So, you know, tough games coming up for them. Let's talk another big game from last night that we were happy about. Miami yep. took down Florida State. This was Miami's fourth straight year. Beating the Seminoles, it was a 52-10 domination for the Canes. And I said before the year, Heisman, Dark Horse, De'Ara King is not a Dark Horse anymore. He is a real contender. 267 passing yards, two touchdowns, also ran four it was 65 yards. Cameron Harris, good running back. 12 carries, 43 yards, two touchdowns. Donald Chaney, true freshman, ran for two touchdowns. Mark Pope, 60 receiving yards. D. Wiggins caught a long touchdown. We saw the turnover chain twice. FSU just looked bad. Garrett, the Canes for real? I think the Canes are. I think I want to see the biggest thing I want to see from Miami is when they play Clemson is how do they look against Clemson? Uh, I think Louisville was a good team. I think Florida State, of course, is in a rebuilding process right now with Coach Mike Norvell from Memphis. But I want to see Miami compete with Clemson. I want to see them keep that game really close, even win the game. I know Clemson's the number one team in the country. I know they're very good. Trevor Lawrence is running a very good team right now. But if Miami can compete with Clemson, play them really, really close, then all of a sudden you're looking at a really for real team. I do think Miami is good this year. I really do. I think they're so much more improved. De'Eric King brings something to the offense they have not seen in years. I think Miami is going to win a lot of ball games. I actually, I said early on in the year, I like them to be, you know, competing with Notre Dame, UNC. As of right now, from what I've seen so far and the way they've played, I think Miami is the second best team in the ACC. I really do. I think Notre Dame has had a rocky start. Same with North Carolina right now. I really like Derek King. I like what he brings. He's mobile. They got a good running attack too. They ran for 200 yards last night. They have, they have a three-headed backfield. Yeah. With well, if you don't even count King, you have King, Harris, Cheney, Knighton, and they all, all can catch out of the backfield. It's yep. just it's dangerous for teams to stop. And Miami's got a bye next week. While Clemson will play Virginia Tech, and then in two weeks they will play what I would assume is going to be the prime time game yep. of the week. That's also the same day that Oklahoma plays Texas, but that game has already been announced. It'll be an 11 Central start. Yeah. So if this Canes team is really for real, they played Clemson. Like four years ago, they lost a 58 nothing, but that was really the kind of game that changed the program. They fired their head coach, Al Golden, and then they played in the ACC championship, and that was a 38-3 domination for Clemson, but a completely different Miami team, and I think they want another chance at this Clemson team. Yeah, they do, and I mean, look at the defense last night. They had six sacks. I mean, they were terrorizing Blackman the whole game. Uh, James Blackman, not a great game, 16 for 26, 120 yards, a touchdown, an interception. That defense is nasty. Miami's always had a really good reputation having a really good defense. Manny Diaz, a defensive coach, he's brought in talented players. They're very physical up front. 
uh, the whole game, they're swarming to the ball. I mean, look at when James Blackman's being put on the ground. There's four or five guys there every time. It's not just one guy in the backfield. They were swarming. I think that's also what Miami has going for them. I think Miami has one of the best defenses in the country. I really do. They're physical up front. Their secondary is very good. I really like Miami. I think if they can show a lot against Clemson, as you mentioned, you got to watch them the rest of the year. You really do. It's going to be an awesome game. And we'll go de- last game we'll go deep into Florida taking on Ole Miss, the fifth-ranked Gators. Really slow start for them, but they picked up steam. Offensively looked outstanding. Kyle Trask, could he be this year's Joe Burrow? Man, I love Kyle Trask. I know my dad's probably listening and a big Gator fan. He was a graduate there. Kyle Trask is a phenomenal quarterback. Of course, came in last year after Felipe Franks, but now with an injury. The crazy thing that I don't know if a lot of people know is Kyle Trask has not started a football game since freshman year of high school, his JV team. So he has literally not started a game until last year when he came in relief of Felipe Franks. And yesterday, I'm sold on him. I think he, 30-42, 416 yards, six touchdowns, an unbelievable game. But someone else you got to watch for this Florida Gator team, tight end Kyle Pitts. I think he, I'm a bit a little biased, I think he is the best tight end in the country. Eight receptions, 170 yards, four touchdowns. He made grabs that you would never think could be caught. I mean, he Kyle Trask put the ball in the right spot. They were tough balls, and Kyle Pitts made the catch. He's long. He's six foot six, big bodied, big frame, unbelievable. And this Florida team, they're going to get better defensively. A little sloppy yesterday. Matt Coral, the quarterback for Ole Miss, had a great game. Twenty two for thirty one, three hundred ninety five yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. Florida's going to continue to improve on the defensive side of the ball. They lost a lot of key parts from last year. Defensive end Jonathan Grenard went to the draft. Cornerback C.J. Henderson. You had a lot of talent that left, but they're just going to keep getting better. Todd Grantham's going to get this defense going. The offense looks as good as they've ever looked at the University of Florida, so I think it's going to be a good season for them. They've got big games, Georgia, Texas A&M, LSU. We'll see what they can do. Yep, and the, you know we talked about Tra- Joe Burrow from last year. If this could be Trask. You know, this is the best quarterback that Florida's had since Tim Tebow, no question. Yep. Doesn't compare to Jeff Driscoll or Felipe Franks. We'll talk about Felipe Franks in just a second. But Kyle Pitts, he reminds me of a more athletic Evan Ingram, who was a first-round pick in the NFL draft. Pitts should be a first-rounder, I think. And this Florida team's got a lot of weapons with Tony and Grimes and Copeland and Davis. I do also think that the defense is going to have struggles this year. They lost in their last their top like six tacklers from last year, including their top corner, C.J. Henderson. They're going to definitely need to improve that side of the ball if they want to have a chance to win a national championship. Yeah, one guy to note, though, if you're watching a Florida game, uh, number five on the defense, Kyir Elam. Uh, he's, a, say he's a cornerback. He was a true freshman last year. was a SEC all-freshman. Uh, he made the SEC all-preseason team this year. He is a phenomenal player. He's going to be a first-round draft pick next year the year after. He is a ball hawk. He's physical. He, he swarms the ball. Look for him to make some big plays for this Florida defense that has lost a lot of talent. He's going to almost be the leader. I know he's a sophomore. I know he's young, but he's going to have to be the leader of that secondary. you got a guy like Marco Wilson who has a lot of experience. is going to bring more leadership. The Florida defense has the pieces they need to be good. They just got to put together. So we'll see what happens. I know Todd Grantham's a great defensive coach. Dan Mullen's going to get those guys right, and we'll just see what they bring the rest of the season. Yep, it was five. There's some quick scores here. Number yep. 10, Texas A&M beat Vanderbilt 17-12. Any concern for the Aggies? I don't think so. I think it's early. Great game by Vanderbilt. you got to give credit yep. to Vanderbilt. Derek Mason got a they good did. defense they going there. Over. Yeah, they did. They got a great defense over in Vanderbilt, uh, at Vanderbilt. So we'll see. I don't think there's any panic yet. Kellen Mond's a great quarterback. Jimbo Fisher, good coach. Give them time. I think they'll improve throughout the season. Uh, one of the only few matchups of ranked teams in the SEC, number 8, Auburn beat Kentucky 29-13. Auburn 
A lot of people sleeping on them. Are they a contender in the SEC West? I think so. They got to improve on a few things. I think, especially on the offense side of the ball, it's a good game for them. But the rushing attack looked a little slow. Bo Nix, though, Bo Nix had a great game: 16 for 27, 233 yards and three touchdowns. He's a sophomore this year. Had a great true freshman campaign. Look for him to keep improving. And if they can improve on the offensive side of the ball, especially in that running game, the defense looks really good. They shut they shut yeah. Kentucky down. Terry Wilson, not his best game, 24-37, 239 yards and a touchdown. If they can improve on the offensive side of the ball, Auburn will be a contender. Uh, number 14 beat number 22 Army, 24-10. We talked about Cincinnati possibly being that best team in the American, like UCF a lot. But, you know, even with the Pac-12 coming back and playing a few games and the Big Ten coming back, Cincinnati still a dark horse to get in the college football playoff, you think? Oh, I think so for sure. They showed a lot last night. Them, if they play UCF in a American championship game, like, if they're both undefeated, that could possibly be a win and you're in. Oh, for sure. Not about it. Cincinnati, I love the game they played last night. Army is, you can't just look at Army and just, you know, not pay any attention to them. Army put up a lot of points in yes. the last two games. And they're very physical on defense. And Cincinnati still was up to the task. I'm with you. I like this Cincinnati team. If they can get into a situation where you play an undefeated UCF, who again had a great game yesterday, that could be a play in game. It'd be the first time you get a, a group of five team in the playoff, but. Cincinnati's shown a lot. Desmond Ritter, a good quarterback, a lot of experience. Cincinnati could be dangerous going down the stretch. Number 15, Oklahoma State bounced back with a victory over the West Virginia Mountaineers. 27-13, led by 200-yard rushers, even without Spencer Sanders. L.D. Brown had 103 yards. Chuba Hubbard, 101 yards. You know, the Big 12, people, people give them a lot of hate. But this was a big bounce back game for Oklahoma State. That a game I did not expect them to win without Sanders. Oh, for sure. I mean, Spencer Sanders, a great quarterback. We talked about <clears throat> preseason. I thought one of the best quarterbacks in the Big 12 coming in had a lot of big playmaking ability. But you look at a guy like Chuba Hubbard. <clears throat> Chuba Hubbard can single-handedly win you a game. He can. That's that first game of the season. He's really the reason that they beat Tulsa, a yeah. narrow 16-7 win. <clears throat> I really like this Oklahoma State team. I've been high on them since the beginning. They got a good receiver in Tylen Wallace who can make a lot of plays. I think once they get Spencer Sanders back and healthy, they're very balanced. They're very dangerous. They have a pretty good defense. I mean, 16 points against West Virginia, that's not bad. They got a really physical defense, so we'll see how they play down the stretch. But I like this Oklahoma State team, and I love, love Chuba Hubbard. Yep, and then just before we go to break, very, very quickly, uh, number 16, Tennessee, Missouri's opponent next week beats South Carolina. Uh, Tennessee, Missouri, first thing you're looking for next week? Well, I'm looking for Missouri to establish the line of scrimmage. They did a good job run blocking against a really good Alabama defensive line. Missouri's going to have to get physical up front. I said this last night, almost the whole show, Missouri's going to have to establish a pass rush against Tennessee. Jared Garantano, he's a good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. He's a very emotional player. If he gets hit a few times, he can get frustrated. I think Missouri, if they can hit him and get in his head a little bit, They'll have a good chance in that game. I mean, Tennessee's ranked, but I think Missouri can play them tough, and if they can execute the way they should, they'll have a good chance. All right, that is it for your college football coverage. Let's talk a little NFL after the break. This is Start Your Sunday on KCOU 88.1.
this message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat, and apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable, but how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Okay. Hey, this is KCOU, 88.1 FM. Are you trying to release the hottest project of this year, possibly next? Come down to our studio in the Student Center. We can mix, master, record, edit, engineer your whole project, your whole artistic experience wrapped into one visit. Please come down and visit us. If any of this interests you, please email sessions at kcou.fm. Now that I've gotten on the internet, I'd rather be on my computer than doing just about anything. It's really cool. The internet gave us a whole world of exciting new possibilities. So I guess this is a story of how it changed our lives. Our lives. Change your life. Change the way you do the internet. Go like KCOU on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at KCOU and on Instagram at KCOU881. Stay up to date on the latest online content, events, giveaways, and more. You may be right. I think they're being followed now. Don't look. Just play cool. So what are you waiting for, young keyboard warrior? The wonderful world of KCOU is just one click away. Saturday in Columbia is KCOU Sports Saturday. Tune in right here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia for all-day sports talk starting at 9 a.m. Cap off your sports Saturday with coverage of Mizzou football from the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Don't just Saturday, KCOU Sports Saturday. Welcome back into KCOU 88.1. This is Start Your Sunday. Thank you for starting your Sunday with us here on Start Your Sunday. It's not a very bright day outside here in Columbia, but you know, Mr. Brightside always brings a great vibe <laughs> as we are on the countdown to kick off just about an hour and a half till week three of the NFL. It's already flying by, but the game that I think everybody in the entire football world is looking for, going to have to wait another day for, and it is the two of the best teams in the league, the reigning two NFL MVPs. It's Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes. It's the Ravens and the Chiefs tomorrow on Monday Night Football. The Ravens 2-0, the Chiefs 2-0. Garrett, who do you give the edge to? Well, first of all, how can you not love this game? As an NFL fan, both of us, this is what we've wanted to see, yep. Lamar versus Mahomes. And we've seen them play twice. Yes, we have. Both at Arrowhead Stadium, both very, very close wins yep. for the Kansas City Chiefs. But tomorrow... They're playing at M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore. Yep. No fans, but 
it's still going to be a great atmosphere. Agree. It's going to be a great game. I think one thing to watch is the Chiefs coming off a very emotional 23-20 overtime victory over division rival the Los Angeles Chargers. A game that I was very surprised by, playing a rookie quarterback, Justin Herbert, struggled a little bit. Mahomes still looked great. 27 for 47, 302 yards, two touchdowns. As we know, Mahomes is always going to perform. There's no doubt that both of these quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, are going to perform really well. They are. I do think, though, being in Baltimore at M&T Bank Stadium with that defense, I think Baltimore has the edge. I really do. I think Lamar Jackson just continues to develop. He's got weapons around him, including I like tight end Mark Andrews, wide receiver Marquise Brown, really good players that can make big plays. And then you got a guy like uh, Mark Ingram and also rookie running back J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins, a very physical running back, a guy they like to use in the offense. I think the Ravens have the edge in this game. I think it's going to be very close. Mahomes is still going to make plays, as is Lamar Jackson. But I really like the Ravens and that defense against Mahomes in Baltimore. Yep, and then some crazy stats. The Ravens have won 14 straight regular season games. The Chiefs have won eight straight. These are the two longest active win streaks in the NFL. The last time two teams on eight-plus game winning streaks met was 1969 when the Rams, who won 11 straight, hosted the Vikings, who won 10 straight. This also remarks the fifth time in NFL history that we are seeing the reigning NFL MVP versus the NFL reigning Super Bowl MVP. The Super Bowl MVP has won the last four times. I'm going to go and make a prediction. I'm going to take Baltimore at home. I think they're going to win actually big. I think that they're going to use motivation. I think you know they want to be prove themselves that they are the best team in the NFL. And if you want to beat the best, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And I think Baltimore has a better defense. I think their offense might be a little more consistent. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you. I think you look at Baltimore, an embarrassing playoff loss to the Tennessee Titans. Last I don't think year. they're over. I think they're on a bit of a revenge. They are 100. percent I think that's why I was mentioning that. I mean, they that was an embarrassing loss against the Titans in the playoffs. They're angry. You know Lamar Jackson's angry, and you're playing the defending Super Bowl champions. How could you not be motivated? I know it's very weird with COVID and limited capacity, but the fans that do squeeze in that stadium, if they're let in, they're going to be loud. They're going to be out of their seats. I think the Ravens, I agree with you, I think the Ravens do win. I think the Ravens win by 10 points in Baltimore. I really do. It's going to be a super exciting game. I think the one one little key matchup to watch for is those the Legion of Zoom, as they call it. Those are the yes. uh, the uh, Ravens, or the Chiefs receivers, I should say, with Watkins and Tyree Hill and Hardman against those great Baltimore secondary with uh, Humphrey and Tavon Young and Marcus Peters, and then got some good safeties out there. Let's talk about another big game. That's going to be tonight. Uh, the Green Bay Packers will go to New Orleans and take on the Saints. These two teams will actually be without their top two receivers. Uh, no Devontae Adams for Green Bay, no Michael Thomas for the Saints. These two teams don't really have the deepest of receiving core, so without their top receiver, who do you think offense is going to struggle more? I think, honestly, I think the Packers' offense will struggle a little more. I really do. I think... Aaron Rodgers, you know, he looks for Devontae Adams a lot. Uh, Devontae Adams, a big play. He's a, he, right now he's a game-time decision. I was looking on ESPN. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers relies on him a lot. He really does. Of course, they still have Aaron Jones in the backfield, who's a good running back. There's just something about Drew Brees I like, though. I really do. I like Drew Brees. I think he's, of course, both of them are seasoned veterans. But Drew Brees always has some tricks up his sleeve. A guy I like that they haven't used a ton this year is Taysom Hill. I think with Michael Thomas out today, you see some more packages with Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill, as we know, a very athletic guy. He can run quarterback. He can run tight end. He can play on the defensive side of the ball. Look for him to get more touches today because they're going to need that with a guy like Michael Thomas who is 
arguably the best receiver in the NFL, not playing for the Saints. Yep, and have, we see Breeze, he struggled against he did. the against the Raiders. And then didn't really look that great against the Bucs, even though he put yep. up some good points. So really, I wouldn't put that all on Breeze. Yep. Is this the end of Drew Breeze? I don't think it's the end of Drew Breeze yet. I don't think you can say that. Um, it's a slow start. It's a weird year, so I would not count out Drew Brees and more specifically it's the Saints yet. That's why I'm almost. That's why I think the Packers are going to struggle a little more. I think the Saints are going to start waking up a little bit because they have to. They have not played well to start the season. They really haven't. Uh, I think Drew Brees will, you know, he'll get better as the season goes on. He's a great quarterback. We know he is. He's, there's a reason that he's doing what he does. But I think he'll wake up. I think Aaron Rodgers, of course, is a great quarterback. But don't don't sleep on Drew Brees, and I would not say he's done yet. I think he's still got more in the tank. Yep, and another huge game in the NFC. This is going to be today at 4.30 Eastern, 3.30 Central. Cowboys at Seahawks. The Seahawks coming off one of the NFL games of the year. They edged New England 35-30 last Sunday night. Dallas, these another incredible game, possibly game of the year. The onside kick they had against the Falcons and a miracle, miracle comeback, a 40-39 game. Cowboys 1-1, one one, Seahawks 2-0. and we're going to see a lot of offense today, I think. We see a lot of good receivers on each side. Oh, yeah. Well, I hate to do this. I know my dad's listening. Yeah. He's a big Falcons fan. He's not going to like this. But that was – right now the Cowboys should be 0-2. They should. That that was utterly – that was a Falcons breakdown. Uh, Dan Quinn, I, I don't really know what happened there. Special teams. Well, what happened there is the same thing we saw happen in the same state uh, like yeah. about three years earlier. Yeah. In, uh, that right a few hours down – was that East in Houston? <laughs> the Super Bowl, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's – not going to like that one either, but Sorry, no, it's all good. But he, uh, you know, just a breakdown there. The Cowboys, I think, you know, they were lucky to sneak that win out. I think Dak Prescott is making improvements this year. He's making strides. He's got really talent. That's the thing I struggle with Dak Prescott is he still just does not look like a top-tier elite quarterback, even with guys like Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb, Mari Cooper, and then you got Ezekiel Elliott. He's still struggling, um, and because of that, I really like Russell Wilson. They, they showed a lot of heart. Let in that. Russ cook. Yes, exactly. And that was a great game against the Patriots. Cam Newton and that Patriots team led by Bill Belichick, very talented. They showed a lot too. Yep. We'll talk about them in court. We will, yes. But I, I love the Seahawks. I love Russell Wilson. He is having an MVP-type season right now. I like the Seahawks over the Cowboys by seven points. I like Seattle. I think it's going to be a Seattle blow. I think this is a bit of a wake-up call we're going to see from the Cowboys, and I think tomorrow we'll see a lot of questions about possibly Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott. I think Seattle wins. Well, we talk about let Russ cook. This is something people were saying in the offseason and even throughout the last seven years of his career. You know, it's a run-first offense. Pete Carroll's not just letting Russ cook for these first two weeks. He's let Russ pick the ingredients. He's letting Russ make dessert. He is letting Russ just do everything with that offense. And if Seattle can keep yeah. this up, they're the most dangerous team in the NFL. I don't care about Baltimore, Kansas City. When Russ cooks, no one's stopping Seattle. Oh, for sure. He is. He's a freak of nature. He really is. He makes plays all over the field that players just they shouldn't make, quite honestly. We talk about being mobile. He can throw the ball 60, 70 yards downfield. He can run the ball. He can he can use his legs. He's so dangerous, and people just don't know what he's going to do. Last week against the Patriots, 21 for 28, 288 yards, five touchdowns, and an interception. That's incredible. It really is. But that's what he brings to the Seahawks. He brings that mobile aspect. And if I'm Pete Carroll, of course I'm letting him pick what to do. I mean, look at what he's done so far. He's had an incredible season. He's going to continue to have an incredible season. I would let him run the offense. He's got great receivers. I'm, I love DK Metcalf. I think he's a big he, body. He burnt Gilmore yes. yesterday. No one burns. Oh, it's, it was unbelievable. Last Sunday. 
big physical receiver. Tyler Lockett's the more speedy receiver. They got a lot of good pieces here. And I, if I'm Pete Carroll, I'm telling Russell Wilson, hey, man, listen, you take control of this offense. You do what you need to do, and let's win some games. Yep, and one of the few matchups between two undefeated teams will come in western New York as the Los Angeles Rams cross-country taking on the 2-0 Buffalo Bills. The Rams entering this game 2-0 after a 37-19 win over the Eagles. Bills after a 31-28 win against the Miami Dolphins. What team gets to 3-0? I'm not sold on the Rams yet. I'm not completely sold on the Rams yet. I think they're good. I think they have the pieces. I'm still struggling with Jared Goff right now. Jared Goff had a really good first season. Then last year, you know, kind of dropped off a little bit. I'm not sold on that offense. I think Aaron Donald, of course, he's a playmaker. He's going to make plays all over the field. I like Josh Allen, though. I really like Josh Allen. I think this year it's going to be between them and the Patriots who wins that division. But I really like them offensively. They struggled last week against the Dolphins. They know that. They're frustrated. That's why I think the Bills do win this game. It's going to be close, though. I think three points they win this game by. I say the opposite. I'm not sold on Buffalo. Buffalo beat the Dolphins and the Jets. This is the first real test they played. I like the Cowboys and the Rams. They had a good game against them. I know it was close. And I still think the Eagles, I'm not counting them out as a contender in the NFC East. So I I think the Rams are a good team and I'm not sold on Buffalo. I'm going to take the Rams by two field goals. I'm a six-point win, low-scoring 16-10 win in Buffalo for the Rams. Let's talk about All right. Let's go deeper into another game. Yep. Las Vegas, 2-0. Surprising 2-0. Going to oh, New yeah. England, taking on New England Patriots, who are 1-1. One and one. They were about one yard away from being 2-0, but a great performance in Seattle. And I think Patriot fans were happy about that result last week, even though it was a loss. Oh, no, no, about it. You actually said it perfectly. Last week we were doing game predictions. I actually picked Se- I, uh, I picked the Patriots to win. You said, we're not looking for the Patriots to win. We're looking for them to show improvement and to compete. And what did they do? I mean, they came out of the last second. It really did. So the Patriots showed a lot of heart last week. I also love the way the Raiders played. I think a lot of that, too, though, was that motivation of being in that new stadium. There's a lot of energy around that team in Las Vegas right now. Derek Carr had a good game. I love Josh Jacobs. And I love Bill Belichick. I love the Patriots. Josh Jacobs is battling an injury. He's playing today. He though. is. He is playing. He's about. I just love Cam Newton right now. I don't think I can go against the Patriots. They showed a lot of heart last week. Again, I love Josh Jacobs, but like you said, he's dealing with an injury right now. He's going to play, but he might not be 100%. And if he was 100%, I think I'd be talking about something different. I think he'd be the game changer, but because he's dealing with that injury, I like the Patriots at home against the Raiders by seven points. Yep, and we'll see how that Patriots run defense can go. I'm going to take New England also by a touchdown. I think that they're going to control time and possession. I think the Raiders are kind of banged up. Also, I think the factor of coming cross-country on a short short week is going to be a factor for Vegas and I'm going to take New England I think Cam gets going I think they're going to force Derek Carr into some mistakes I think this Patriot defense is good because something we did see with the, the Jacksonville Miami game Miami's offense looked awesome against Buffalo and Jacksonville who are two competent teams Buffalo's a good team against New England they couldn't move the ball so I still think this Patriot defense is good just because Russell Wilson threw five touchdowns and 300 yep. yards doesn't mean it's a bad defense let's jump to another game today a really must win for one of these teams the Titans traveling to Minnesota Titans are 2-0 and Vikings 0-2 must win for the Vikings Garrett uh, I think it is uh, this is going to be the battle of the running backs today Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry two phenomenal backs uh, Dalvin Cook of course struggled a little more at the start of the season um, this is going to be a great game I think Ryan Tannehill showed a lot last week against that Jacksonville. I know it was a close game, and people are going to think, well, Jacksonville lost a lot. But Ryan Tannehill, 18 for 24, 239 yards and four touchdowns, really was the leader of that team. Uh, Derrick Henry didn't have a huge impact, only had 84 yards on the ground. But like you said, this is a must-win game for the Vikings. Right now, they're in an 0-2 hole. 
honestly, I think it was a bad loss against the Colts. Yeah. Twenty-eight to eleven. They didn't show much they didn't, offensively. They didn't play well. Kirk Cousins no. didn't even throw for hundred yards. No, I, I this is a must win. Kirk Cousins, it's a lot of fire under that guy right now. Yeah. A lot of heat in terms he, of being almost like on the hot seat, you'd say, for a coach. Yeah, this is this is a big year for if, it is. If Vikings go have a bad let's say they go thirteen and three, yep. he ain't the starting quarterback next year, no question. Nope. And there's a lot of talent around him too. Adam Thielen, a phenomenal receiver. Dallin Cook, great running back. I just think I think the Titans win this game in Minnesota. I know it's a must win for Minnesota. I know they're gonna be motivated, but right now this Tennessee team, two close wins. They're starting to figure out how to win games. They have a really good offense defensively. Vic Beasley playing in his first game today. I think the Titans win. I think it's very close, though. I say three to six points. I, I have the Titans big. The Vikings are without some of their top secondary. Even though the Vikings have one of the worst secondary in the league, they have injuries there. I think they're going to see it, even though I don't think A.J. Brown is playing today. A lot of Corey Davis, a lot of John New Smith, and yep. the ground and pound. Agreed. With Derrick Henry, would not be surprised if he's going to have a receiving touchdown today. I like the Titans by two touchdowns. Yep. And we're going to see a lot of questions about Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins. Uh, quickly, uh, Tom Brady and the, and the Patriots. Not Tom Brady and the Patriots. <laughs> Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. It's the first time I made that mistake. Going to take on Jeff Driscoll and the Denver Broncos. Any chance that Denver can pull off an upset? I don't see it. I think Tom Brady, He he's just going to keep settling in more and more with that Buccaneers offense. Um, you got a guy like Rob Gronkowski who's blocking for him now. And you got receivers on the edge, Mike Evans. And I think the Buccaneers win. I think the Buccaneers win big. I do. I think Tom Brady gets going today. I think they beat the Broncos big, especially because Drew Locke is not playing. So uh, give me Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. I saw a quote this week, and it was from Gronk. He said, I'm here to be a blocking tight end, which is just – did really Tom Brady recruit Gronk to come to Tampa to be a blocking tight end? I just have a hard time believing that. I just think Gronk is a shell of his his former self. You know, like what even he saw the last year and a half in New England, he was good at times, but – you know, he'd get banged up, take hits, and he just he couldn't do it anymore. I think I think the blocking tight end role is good for him, but I didn't really expect much else for him. Panthers taking on the Chargers. It's the second career start for Justin Herbert, who, you know, had a very surprising no one really thought he was gonna start until the last second. Tyrod Taylor was out, and then he almost led to a comeback win against the defending champs, taking on the Owen oh the Owen two Carolina Panthers. They were without Christian McCaffrey. I like the Chargers big today. I, I think, do too. I I love Justin Herbert. Coming out of the draft, Herbert was my favorite quarterback in the draft because he played at Oregon. He ran a West Coast offense. The Chargers draft him. They run more of a West Coast offense out there. I thought this was a match made in heaven for Justin Herbert and the Chargers. And, I mean, playing the Chiefs, that's a tall task to ask for a rookie quarterback who we found out knew he was going to start five to ten minutes before kickoff. Anthony Lynn had no idea what was going to happen. Of course, Tyrod Taylor, an unfortunate punctured long injection that went there. He was out in the game. Justin Herbert came in, played a phenomenal game. I'm with you. I like the Chargers big today over the Panthers. Yep. Lions at the Cardinals. Cardinals 2-0. Probably a surprising 2-0, except for those who picked them to make the playoffs, like myself. I like the Cardinals big today. I don't like the Lions at all this season. Yeah. Patricia could be on his way out. You you agree? Yeah, all I got to say is Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray has just been, he's been been a baller all year. I think he's MVP front. I uh, I forgot about Les 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 Cook. Yeah, you got to give. I'd say top five. Kyler Murray is definitely. A, it's also week three, and we have it is. plenty, plenty of time. Though guys coming to nowhere, guys will drop off. Yep. Speaking of drop off, the Houston Texans have had a major drop off from last season. They're zero two after a divisional round appearance last year. I feel like ever since they went up twenty four nothing against the Chiefs, they've just become a different team. They lost to the Chiefs opening night. They got dominated by Baltimore last week at home, and now they're traveling to a two and zero Pittsburgh team. A skeptical two and zero Pittsburgh team. I don't think looked that good in either of their two wins. 
Does Deshaun Watson bounce back? I say no. Do you say yes? Oh, I don't see it at all. Last week I said <clears throat> when they play the Ravens, I gave them a little too much credit. I said they're going to play the Ravens and they're going to they're going to stay close oh, and they're going to compete. Close. It was not close. 33-16 they lost. They the weapons are just not there for Deshaun Watson. Defense is not great. I I like the Steelers. I don't think it'll be big. I think anywhere from 7 to 10 points, but I do like the Steelers in this game. All right. Bears Falcons, no Julio Jones for Atlanta today that ESPN just report reported the Bears are 2-0, a sloppy 17-13 victory over the Giants, similar to the Steelers. Two skeptical wins for the Chicago Bears. They, they didn't really play that well, but you know they could easily have won that game against Detroit, lost that game against Detroit if Swift pulled down that catch, and then if the Giants had a competent offense, they probably would have lost that game. Also, Saquon Barkley all yeah. went down. Do the Falcons bounce back after the heartbreaking loss to the Cowboys? I think they do. I think if you're a Falcons player. Even Julio Jones. I think so. I really do. I think if you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you're a Falcons player, you're a coach, you're saying, how in the world did we blow that game last week? Right now, they have no respect after that loss. It was terrible. The onside, it was all over ESPN. It was all over news. It was terrible. I think the Falcons do bounce back. Matt Ryan's going to be angry. That defense is going to be angry after a terrible performance. And I'm just not sold the Bears. I don't like Mitchell Trubisky still. I think he's had an okay season. He's gotten very lucky. He's benefited off some teams that, like I said, struggle with injuries. Saquon Barkley out for the Giants. I like the Falcons. I don't think they'll win big, but I like them beating the Bears at home at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I think the Bears can do it. I think the Bears are really? very, very close. I don't know. I'm just not buying it on the Falcons. I think the Bears are going to win another ugly one today. Speaking of ugly, Philadelphia's looked really bad their first two games against Joe Burrow, who's looked pretty good. Which quarterback gets it done, Burrow or Wentz? Oh, I love Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow has proved me wrong in every sense. I said he's a good quarterback, but they'd have to get you know the right offense going. He's just he's doing he's doing his thing right now. He is cooking right now. You said Russ cooking. Joe Burrow's cooking right now. He is. He is playing a great se- is playing a great season so far. They had a 35-30 loss to the Browns, but a really good loss. He yeah. played really well. Um, was spreading the ball around, using his legs. I like the Bengals today. I like them by 10. I do. I, that's my upset pick off of the week. I like the Bengals to knock off Philadelphia, and we will hear boos yep. from a crowd that's not there. Quickly, oh, give, yeah. give me a winner. Nick, Noel, Nick Mullins in the Niners or Daniel Jones in the Giants? Well, Niners just plague with injuries right now. Very, but the Giants are too. The Giants well. are too. I got to go with the Niners. The Niners have a little more talent. It's going to be very close, a very scrubby game, but I like the Niners. I agree. Niners by more than the experts think. Yep. Uh, give me a winner, Washington, at the Browns. Browns look good on a Thursday night they against did. the Bengals. I'm going to take the Browns here big. Yeah, I'm going to take the Browns too, of course. I'm a Washington fan, but I did not like what I saw at all last week from the offense. Defensively, they struggled a little bit more. I like the Browns. I think it's closer than people think. Seven points, but I do like the Browns. Finally, Jets at Colts. Jets coming off a 31 13 loss to the Niners. We're hearing possible murmurs that Adam Gase, if they lose this game and lose Thursday, he could be on his way out by the end of the week. Any way they can extend his stay or the win in Indianapolis? I don't think so. Of course, the Colts had an embarrassing loss in Jacksonville week one. Everybody thought all the Colts come in. They'll be one of the best teams in the division. They have one of the best rosters. They really do. It's a very good roster. I think um, that they have a one big flaw, and it's at their quarterback position. I, I do agree. I agree with Philip Rivers. T.Y. Hilton has dropped some touchdowns, yeah. but... They need, they need Rivers to step up. A lot of uncertainty, but I think the Colts, a convincing 28-11 win over the Vikings, so who we said have a lot of talent. I like the Colts. I think they beat the Jets. I think Adam Gase, he feels that pressure even more, and, you know, that hot seat, it's almost there for him. Let's do something. We're going to jump back to college for a quick second. Something we forgot to do, our college football playoff predictions. After each week, we are going to be going through our active college football playoff predictions. I'm going to start. So we're going to do our four teams and our two on the bubble. My number one team in the country right now is the Clemson Tigers. I'm going to go with defending, or not the defending champs, but you know the team that's been proved to be one of the best teams in the nation year long. 
and I'm going to keep them there at one. I'm going to move Alabama to two. What didn't love what I saw for the most part last night. They looked good, obviously kind of packed it in the second half. Didn't do enough to jump to one. Number three, I know they're yet to play, but I'm going to go with the Ohio State Buckeyes. I know they have still one of the best rosters in college football, and I still think they're the third best team. The fourth team, I'm going to go with the Florida Gators, despite a weak defensive performance. That offense is going to be tough to stop this year. I think Kyle Charles could be a Heisman finalist, and the Gators are my four. My two teams on the bubble, number five, Georgia. I know had a bit of a struggle against Arkansas in that first half, but you know they went to the backup quarterback, Barnett, and he played pretty well. My number six, between Miami and Auburn. I'm going to go Miami, you know. That offense is unstoppable. I could be wrong, but Miami is sixth team in the nation. What about you, Garrett? Yeah, so I like Clemson number one. I think they're just they're playing their game. They're doing their thing right now. I'm going to move Alabama to three. I'm going to move Ohio State at two. Even though you haven't seen Ohio State play. Correct. I agree. I think Ohio State right now, you got to look on paper. There's so much uncertainty, but I think right now with the roster they've built, they're going to be angry this year. Justin Fields, it's a revenge tour for him. So I'm going to put Ohio State two, Alabama three. I like Florida at four. Like I also, you know what? I'm gonna kind of go against you though. I like Auburn at five right now. I had Auburn close to being yep. there. Yep, big win against Kentucky yesterday. I like Georgia at six. I think two SEC teams looking on the outside. But we mentioned earlier, Cincinnati, UCF. Those are two teams. If they keep they are winning, right on that outside. they're the like seven or eight right now. Exactly. And then you also, I like Miami right there. But it's a lot of uncertainty. It's early in the season, early, and we'll yeah. see how the season progresses. This is gonna be a, one of the college football season for the ages. Yes, I it is. Like. And those two teams you just mentioned, Georgia and Auburn, are gonna be playing next Saturday. Yep. Let's jump into our segments. Let's start with your start your Sunday starts yep. and sits. I'll give you the starts. Garrett will give you the sit. You should start Aaron Rodgers against the Saints. The Saints secondary does not look good in their first two games, even though the Tom Brady passing guards were a little low. A lot of those are off defensive pass interferences. Started running back Kenyon Drake against the Lions. Lions are probably one of the worst running defenses in the league. Kenyon Drake's going to run all over them. Deontay Johnson for Pittsburgh Steelers. Just start him against the Houston Texans. Texans weak secondary. Big Ben in the offense starting to click. I like Deontay Johnson and tight end. Johnny Smith out of the Vikings, as I mentioned earlier. A lot of injuries in that secondary for the Vikings, and also A.J. Brown out. I expect Johnny Smith to get open a lot today. Garrett, here, what are the sits? So for the sits, uh, quarterback Deshaun Watson against the Steelers. As we know, Watson struggled. Not a lot of weapons around him to use, so I would sit Deshaun Watson. Running back Devontae Freeman against the Niners. Of course, the Niners locked Nick Bosa to an ACL tear, but I still think that Niners defense is deep and they're physical. Do not start Devontae Freeman. At wide receiver, A.J. Green against the Eagles. Eagles have struggled, but they still have a talented secondary and a good defensive line. Do not start A.J. Green. And then tight end Austin Hooper versus Washington. Washington, a good defensive performance in week one. I think they'll bounce back. Do not start Austin Hooper. All right, let's go to our four downs. Four downs is four rapid-fire questions they'll have to do in this week in the NFL. Garrett, first down. More receiving yards for which tight end duo? Gronk and O.J. Howard or Noah Fant and Jake Butt? I'm going to go Noah Fant and Jake Butt. All right, second down. More passing yards. Russell Wilson or Dak Prescott? Oh, this is a tough one. Love We're Russell. We're going to see a lot of yards. I wouldn't yes. be surprised if both throw for 400. Agreed. Both a lot of yards. I think Russell Wilson, the Seahawks, win the game, but I think Dak Prescott throws for more yards. Third down. Which rookie linebacker most tackles today? Isaiah Simmons, Jordan Brooks, or Kenneth Murray? Oh, I love Kenneth Murray. Great player at Oklahoma for the Chargers defense. I like Kenneth Murray. All right, more touchdowns tomorrow. Mahomes or Lamar? Lamar Jackson Ooh, okay. uses his legs. I think he gets more touchdowns. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, indeed. All right, now, first down. Who has more total yards, Mahomes or Lamar? I say Mahomes. Okay. Second down, Justin Herbert over under 200 yards in his second career start. I don't really like the Panthers secondary. I'm going to bold, bold prediction double that 400 passing yards oh, in that stadium. 400. All right, all right. All right, third down. More total yards, Derrick Henry or Dalvin Cook? I say Dalvin Cook because... 
there's no much way for the Vikings to figure that offense. The receivers aren't really playing well. Kirk Cousins isn't going to be thrown downfield. I would not be surprised if it's a heavy run offense for the Vikings today. I like it. And then fourth down, does Joe Burrow outperform a struggling Carson Wentz? By outperform, do you mean outstat or win? Yep, outstat. Uh, no stats. Wentz has going to have little better stats, but I still am going to take Cincinnati to win the game. Garrett. How about you pave the way for right. some teams to get a victory today? All right, paving the way. First game I picked, Panthers at Chargers. Of course, we know Justin Herbert making his second career start. The Panthers are going to have to make him uncomfortable if they're going to win this game. As you said, kind of a weak secondary, very unproven. They're going to have to force a turnover a turnover or two on him. He's going to have to make some mistakes. If they want to win that game, you got to get pressure and make his life you know, difficult today. Uh, second, Bears at Falcons. The Falcons have got to stop shooting themselves in the foot. Both of these games they've played, they've had ample opportunities to win, but they've killed themselves. Of course, you got to give credit to the Cowboys. They had a good comeback, but a lot of that was self-inflicted by the Falcons. If they're going to beat the Bears today, you can't shoot yourself in the foot. you got to play sound up front. you got to do your job. And then third game, Rams at Bills. In order for the Bills to beat the Rams front seven, Josh Allen's going to have to use his legs. As we know, Josh Allen has a cannon. He can throw 75 yards in the air. He's going to use that arm. But if he's going to beat a guy like Aaron Donald today, he's going to have to be able to get outside the pocket, use those legs, run downfield, and make some big plays. So that is my paving the way. Harrison, what are the headlines today? All right, these are the headlines. I'm looking into the future and reading the paper tomorrow, or the, if the paper still exists, I'm reading the internet and seeing tomorrow's headlines. And the first one says, Sinking ship. Vikings fall to 0-3 after a brutal loss to the Titans as the questions arise about Kirk Cousins' starting job. I think it'll be another poor performance tomorrow for Kirk Cousins and company. And I'm going to take the Titans to pull off the win today. The second one, let Russ cook. And we've said that a lot on the show today, but Russell Wilson will throw a career-high 455 passing yards and a double-digit win against the Dallas Cowboys in what should be a good game. And tomorrow, a blowout in Baltimore. Ravens and Lamar shock the defending champs in a blowout win at home as the Ravens now have their eyes set on 16-0. and Do you think that possibly 16-0 could be in the room for Baltimore? Oh, for sure. No doubt about it. Last year they came very close. Uh, Lamar Jackson, of course, he just has that innate ability to make plays all over the field, as we've mentioned. So mobile. He's finally progressed with his arm. He's making better reads, making better decisions. I think it is very realistic. Of course, a lot of NFL teams, the struggle nowadays is when you get to 14-0, and 0, a lot of times coaches are benching your starting yeah, quarterbacks. the Indianapolis Colts in 2009. Exactly. So you're struggling with that now. But I think with the talent they have on that roster and how deep they are, I do think 16-0 and 0 is in the picture. And I think if that happens, they're going to make a run at the playoffs this year. And they're going to, like I said, it's a revenge tour. It's, it really is. And what are some of the college games to look out for for next Saturday? Yeah, so I think, you know, the ones you're going to look out for, we have a few SEC ones, Texas A&M and Alabama, yep. ranked game, Auburn and Georgia. That's college, the big one. That's what college game they that go is. next week also, yep. and it'll be Saturday primetime. That's going to be the big game. You look at Virginia and Clemson, a Virginia team that lost a lot, but Bronco Mendenhall, a good coach. Good He's going to rebuild. Um, we'll see that one against Clemson. Our Mizzou Tigers at Tennessee. Yep. Um, Tennessee ranks 16 right now. They'll probably move up in the rankings when they release the new ones, but good game there. And then South Carolina at Florida. Florida, their first game at home. Probably going to jump in. Actually, they will jump into the top four after an Oklahoma loss. So the Gators, big game against South Carolina in the swamp. All right, this is has been Start Your Sunday. No show next week, Garrett, going back home to yep. Tennessee. I will actually be starting my Sunday 
on a road trip to Kansas City. I'll be attending the Patriots-Chiefs game out in KC next Sunday. So we will see you right back here in two weeks. And Star Your Sunday will be recapping Miami-Clemson and all those NFL games that day, including Patriots-Chiefs. Thanks for starting your Sunday with us here on KCLU 88.1. Have a great day watching football. Enjoy the day. Enjoy the week. Gary, anything else? No, I just appreciate you guys listening. Like I said, we got a great day of football today. Enjoy Lamar versus Patrick Mahomes. Yep. That is going to be a phenomenal game. You cannot take that for granted. Two great players. Got a lot of good college games coming this weekend, so you guys enjoy. We'll see you back in two weeks. Yep. Cannot wait to break it down and give you some recaps. Yep, can't wait to see you guys back here. Thanks for starting your Sunday with us. We'll see you next time on Start Your Sunday on KCOU 88.1.